In Secret of the Golden Flower, it is written, Today I will be your guide. I will first reveal to you the secret of the golden flower of the Great One, and, starting from that, I will explain the rest in detail. The Great One is the term given to that which has nothing above it. So, who is the I here? Who is the I that is speaking? In one sense, it's the essence of Lu Dong Bin, the ancient Taoist teacher in a spiritual form, literally telling us that he is going to act as our guide in real time through this process. Now this puts Secret of the Golden Flower in a unique category of documents like the Gathas of Zarathustra in the sense that it's presented as a direct communication from the teacher. In other words, when you're reading this book, when you're studying this book, I'm not just breezing through it quickly, but taking a certain time, a certain quality of attention, um, a, a certain devotion, and a certain openness of being, um, probably combined with certain practices, that it's an actual unveiling of a, of a teaching is actually being communicated to you in real time as you read the book. And it's not just to your mind, but it's, it's communicating to higher aspects of yourself because in one sense, the I that says today I will be your guide, in one sense it's Lu Dong Bin, but in another sense it's your own higher self. Or what Gurdjieff calls your permanent I. Or what Zarathustra calls your, your Fravashi. Or what Alistair Crowley calls your, your holy guardian angel. So this isn't a document of something that's already happened. It's not a story about something that happened. And it's not totally just a how-to manual. In one sense, it is, because it is telling you what you need to do. But in another sense, it's not a manual that you read and then, and then practice from. It's a direct communication. It's an avenue for a direct receiving of this teaching. There's a process of direct instruction that takes place in studying the book, again, in harmony with doing the work, the work that is suggested later on in the text. So there are many Eastern systems that place a strong emphasis on the need of a, a guru and I mean, it's all over the place. We use different terminology in the West, but all these systems of uh, self-development, uh, spirituality, uh, even religious-type systems, always place this emphasis on on you have to have a of a you have to have a guru, you have to have a teacher, and according to Secret of the Golden Flower, then I'll strike that. According 
to these guru-oriented systems. No progress towards enlightenment is really possible without that direct guidance of an individual to which the student must without question subordinate themselves to. Um, there's a, a yoga system called bhakti yoga, yoga of devotion, which starts with total unquestioning devotion to a guru or teacher. Now, we also are very aware that quite a lot um, of these gurus historically have eventually been revealed to have been uh, sexually or financially exploiting uh, the people that are in their groups. And so it's understandable that we would approach an idea like this with, with caution and maybe even a little bit of hesitation. So this is another unique thing about Secret of the Golden Flower is it eliminates all of these risks by establishing a direct link with the spiritual essence of the teacher, with the figure of, of Ludong Ben, or with the uh, idea of your own higher self within you. Because ultimately, that's where you will receive um, what what is needed to transform you is through the avenue of your own higher self by establishing a channel of communication with them. Um, you know, one of my teachers, J.J. Semple, who I had on the uh, show here before, uh, once said to me, I'll try that again. So one of my teachers, J.J. Semple, once said to me, about the most a guru can do for you is tell you to stop drinking whiskey. And that really sums it up. Secret of the Golden Flower is intended to be implemented without a guru. The activity, wait, let's okay, try that again. So one of my teachers, J.J. Semple, once said about the most a guru can do for you is tell you to stop drinking whiskey. Well, that really sums it up. Because the question comes up of what, I mean, what good is that? You already know that you need to stop drinking whiskey. Especially if you come to the point where you're starting to look into a path, or the possibility of self-development, or the possibility of not living um, a mechanical lifestyle, of, 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 of living a life as an automaton. And that really sums it up. The secret of the golden flower is really intended to be implemented without a guru or a teacher. The activity of a consistent daily meditation practice combined with the study of the book is what is needed. That is the essential thing. And as you move in order to establish it, because it's not easy. I'm not saying that that's easy. A daily meditation practice. It can be a struggle to get something like that going, but it will, just the effort towards that will start changing 
other things in your life. Things will start falling into a, into place that will help um, facilitate that. And at the same time, the things that emerge that create struggle with you will challenge you to exercise new parts of yourself that you have not paid attention to. When you find eventually the opportunity to exchange with others who are engaged in this kind of practice, that will enhance and refine your efforts, but you have to make all those initial steps completely by yourself. The other thing about this teaching of Secret of the Golden Flower is that there's not a need for people to form groups around the teaching. However, this does happen occasionally, and meditating in, in groups can be very beneficial so long as participation so long as participation is totally voluntary and everyone involved in it is is sincere especially um, whoever is 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 leading uh, leading the meditations so you don't ever want to let a, a charlatan uh, you know trick you into thinking that you need them because there's not any one other person other than yourself that is really needed or necessary for the process the only I that is really necessary is the one that is buried inside of you. Be very wary of advice or opinions about Secret of the Golden Flower that come from people who have themselves not practiced the method. People have may, may have read many books, but they haven't read the most important book, the one that is inside. And we're very aware that the people who, you know, delivered Secret of the Golden Flower to the West, Wilhelm, Young, Cleary, and others, um, themselves may have not practiced the method. Young advised against practicing the method. He was afraid that it would be dangerous uh, to the Western mind. And I'd suggest, no, it's not. It's only dangerous in the sense that it may shatter many of these uh, preconceived notions, many of these old patterns that are established us with us in, in the West. For instance, you know, the idea that you have to have a, a teacher or that you have to have a group. So the other question is uh, about the great one when he says the great one is the term given to that which has nothing above it and that uh, the secret of the golden flower is of the great one and starting from that he's going to explain the rest in detail. So the great one here almost certainly uh, refers to the idea of the Tao or the idea of, of the absolute. The idea of a first cause that uh, Aristotle and, and, and Plato talked about it corresponds somewhat to the idea of God, but I'm always weary with that because in the West we have so much baggage um, around that term. Gurdjieff had a very interesting term here, the trago auto egocrat, 
uh, to signify the absolute or that which is not uh, fed on by anything else or is subservient to anything else or is subject to the will of anything else other than its own self, its very self. So what goes along with this is the idea that all organic beings in the universe feed on something and act as food for something else. Every, every organic being, without exception, it's one of the conditions of living here. It's one of the laws that govern existence on planet Earth. Um, this is an also also an idea. This is also an idea that we find in uh, the Bhagavad Gita, where uh, Prince Arjuna is reluctant to go to war because he doesn't want to kill other beings. He realizes the uh, soldiers on the uh, opposing side are um, actually his own, you know, brothers and cousins, and and why would he want to bring um, suffering to him and this initiates Krishna's revealing of his teaching to him and, and part of that is the idea that um, you don't do any favors for other people um, for other organic beings by refusing to follow your own dharma or your own duty or what Gurdjieff calls your being park dog duty um, and and that is part of the the law of existence here is that everything every organic creature to exist must kill something else in order to substantiate its existence so as an example if you decide you don't want to kill uh, any any uh, cows or chickens and you become a, a vegan well you haven't really um, stopped the cycle of life and death you haven't stopped the wheel of samsara because you're still killing the organic beings that are plants and plants also want to live and reproduce um, so in, in, and, and even if you could stop doing that um, if you decided I'm, I'm not going to kill even plants so I'm just not going to eat anything I'm just going to drink water and breathe air you know for as long as you survive like that well just the cells that create your body which each every cell that like goes into creating you is also an, an, an individual organic unit on a certain level on a certain scale and you're killing million millions of them are dying in the process of uh, existing on your body and keeping it together you know every time you you know scratch or you know, you're killing like thousands and mil millions of uh, little uh, cellular beings. So that's the law that affects all of us organic beings. And so the idea of the Great One is that the Great One does not have to like kill anything in order to exist. It doesn't have to like uh, be fed upon by anything else. So it's like not subject to that uh, law completely and so it's the idea of the absolute so we don't have to define it that much 
We just have to understand that it's something that uh, we are within, that we cannot exist or do things outside of that, and that it is very far away from us, and um, that the direction of it is in one sense upward from where we are. Reflection on the absolute is an effort to bring one's line of questioning out of the endless cycle of cause and effect into that which is not affected and to be able to move without reaction. Because it's in the cycle of action and reaction in which we may start to realize that, oh, we need to stop drinking whiskey. Go against the grain, keep fighting the good fight, and stand in the fire that burns eternal. <laughs>